Friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples, the podcast. My name is Chris Rogers. I'm your host for today. And today's topic is going to be around doubt. What do we do with our doubts? How do we deal with our doubts? In a community of faith, where uh, faith is celebrated, there's a danger that doubt becomes this uh, beast that we just don't talk about. We avoid it because doubt is losing and faith is winning. But actually, there's a maturity that happens in doubt as we wrestle through things. So in this uh, podcast, we're going to do that. We're going to just wrestle a little bit with doubt and think about uh, how we might grow and mature through our doubts. I am not scared of questions and I'm not scared of doubt uh, because actually if, if doubt is justified and there is something to genuinely be scared about in doubt then our faith is not really robust enough and the question is should we even believe it but if our faith is true and real then doubt is great because it means we wrestle through the difficult topics so that is our message uh, today in this podcast. Uh, friends thank you so much for coming back and listening again to Making Disciples. It's been so exciting to see so many of you engaging uh, with this new podcast. It's so much fun to see how many of you are sharing it with others and subscribing, leaving comments, leaving questions. And I want to encourage you just to keep doing that. Please keep sharing. Please keep liking. Please keep keep giving thumbs up to episodes. Please keep subscribing, getting people to subscribe. All of that is really important to get making disciples uh, onto people's devices so they can see it when they're searching through their podcast machine. So uh, please keep doing that. Now today, we must crack on with our topic, what do I do with my doubt? So today we're going to talk about a topic that for some of us is really embarrassing, doubt. If you've been around uh, a faith community for a while, you may well feel like it is not okay for you to raise your questions and have doubts in public. For a community that's all based upon having faith and security in our faith, we become so embarrassed for ourselves and others when we think there are doubts. And friends, I want us to have a very different posture uh, as we think about doubts. And And I guess the punchline for today's podcast is this. Doubters are more than welcome in God's family. Why? Because the disciples doubted all the time. And we're going to look at some of this today. I love it in Matthew 28 where it says that Jesus gathers the disciples on the mountain where he's going to commission them. And they get to the top of that mountain and it says, uh, some doubted and some hesitated and some worshipped. So if doubt is there at the Great Commissioning, where some of the disciples are are still struggling, uh, then doubt has to be welcome in the church. It's a part of our growth and our maturing. But what causes doubt? What causes it in the first place? And first, there are many reasons why uh, we may doubt. And there'll be many reasons why you may doubt. Here's just a few thoughts that I have. Sometimes we doubt because there are others around you who are too doubting. And when we're surrounded by people who are going through doubt, their doubt rubs off on us. Their questions rub off on us. So somebody 
uh, might give you information that doesn't fit right with you or doesn't sit right with you. And if you've got a group of friends who are all doubting faith and they're looking into things and they start looking into um, and getting data from strange places and information from strange places, they may start giving you information actually just doesn't sit right with you. And it it causes you to start doubting and wrestling with what you actually believe. It might be that you doubt because of disappointments. It may be that you've uh, had a huge um, death in the family, or there's been some level of uncertainty in the family or uncertainty for you. And that just leaves you with doubt. Friends of mine who get diagnosed with something life-threatening in that moment, uh, often they, they find themselves struggling with doubt because they're sat face to face with this question, do I really believe God exists? And when you've been given that information that your health is not as good as it should be, or there's this particular thing happening, you then sit with this stark contrast of, do I really believe this? So sometimes disappointments or uncertainty just leave you questioning faith. Friends, sometimes it's nothing more than busyness. Uh, You've not stopped. You've carried on going. You've worked and worked and worked and worked. And you've got to the point where you have not stopped to notice God. And you are so busy and you're moving so fast. You have not invested into that relationship with God and you've not grown. And that has caused doubt to start developing uh, in you because you've not had anything kind of inputting into you that's bringing health or faith to kind of grow in you. So busyness uh, can cause doubt. It might be that you've just realised that the old ways of thinking no longer uh, help or work for you. And in this Uh, you're you're in this place of what I was told as a child doesn't add up anymore. I remember when I went from doing my GCSEs to to my A-levels and I was doing chemistry in A-levels and the lecturer stood up and said, everything that you've been told in your GCSEs uh, isn't true. And uh, it was a simplistic way of understanding um, uh, chemical reactions or physics or this particular thought in uh, science. Uh, so I'm going to tell you what, what what's true. And I remember at the time thinking, well, if you if they've lied to us in, in school doing our GCSEs, how can I trust what you're saying to me now? And actually, the, the, we all must recognise that the things we were taught as a child are often oversimplified so a child can understand. And then as we mature, uh, the old ways of thinking don't work anymore. That just doesn't make sense to me. Life's far more complex than that. Uh, so s- sometimes it's just this realization, the old ways no longer fit for me and I need different ways of seeing God. And it's good. That is good because it's about maturing. And you'll have your you know, versions of, of why you've doubted and what's caused doubt. But essentially, doubt is good and it's about questioning and questioning well. And questioning is a natural and normal way of life. The average five-year-old asks about 30 questions a day. That's about 10,000 questions a year. I, I think it's probably even more than that. Or certainly my kids ask me far more questions than that. Uh, so questioning is good. It's a part of growth. When you were little, you asked lots of questions because you wanted to understand how did the world work. And as we mature, we do the same. And, and the reality is some of us, we do that maturing in our teenage years 
Some of us do that maturing, you know, in our 20s and our 30s. And some of us do that maturing much, much later in life. And sometimes you do numbers of maturing. There's many stages of life where you mature and grow. And you keep changing what you think as you look at God and the nature of God and what the Bible has to say. So doubt is good. And it's a part of the whole picture of faith. You can't have faith uh, without doubt. And, you know, in the Bible, the story of Thomas, you know, doubting Thomas, Thomas the doubter, is one of the most painted moments in the Bible. Uh, If you go into uh, museums, art museums, you'll find numbers of paintings of doubting Thomas. And you can just Google now, if you'll go, go onto Google, paintings of doubting Thomas. There are many, 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 because this moment is so significant to us, for those of us who have a faith, because this doubting moment is, is a moment of reality check. Do I really believe what I believe? So this beautiful moment has been painted many times because artists go through this question, do I believe what I once believed? And Thomas becomes like this patron saint of doubters, doesn't he? He becomes the one that we notice and the one that we recognise. I was having coffee uh, with a friend of mine recently, and he leant across the table, and he, he said, uh, you know, after many years of pretending that he had it all added up in his mind, uh, it came to this point where uh, he realised um, he was scared of telling others about his doubt because he felt that if he doubted, he would be rejected by his Christian friends. If you are fearful of revealing to other people your doubt, my question is, are they real friends? And it may well be actually that your, your faith friends are going through similar doubts to you. And what, what they actually need is you to say, I'm really struggling with doubts. And they say, actually, and me too. Um, Don't be scared to say to somebody else, do you know what? I'm really struggling at the moment with this. Do I really believe that God is all powerful? Or I'm really struggling with what's been going on in my life and I'm just not seeing God active in my life. Um, I want to say, I would hope the way your friends would respond to you, but I'm certainly going to respond to you. If you have doubts, great. It's a sign of maturing. It's a sign of growing up and maturing in faith and seeing things differently. For me, uh, I'm a yogurt fan. What's that going to do with doubt, Chris? Track with me for a minute. I love yogurt. I've always loved yogurt. But a number of years ago, uh, we started buying these yogurts that have got massive chunks of strawberry in them. And I love them. Uh, You you don't drink them. You you have to use a spoon to eat the fruit. I I love the natural uh, fruit that you find in this yogurt. And for me, faith is a bit like a yogurt. When you were a child, you would eat a yogurt that had no chunks in it because you couldn't chew it. But as you grow up, you start to eat food with chunks in it because you get your teeth in it and you eat this food. And faith that's just spoon-fed to us like a yogurt you just consume it and you you take it into your bodies with, with very little thought. But actually, once you start putting chunks of food into your yogurt, strawberries, bananas, you have to now chew on it and it becomes a maturing process, doesn't it? Uh, if you want to mature, you have to move away from having food that is blended up and you move to having a meal where you chew on it and you get your teeth into it. And faith, the maturing is that the same process as we start to get our teeth 
into what we believe as Christians and as we chew on it, we have to behave like faith and doubt uh, are dance partners. Sometimes we think there's a scale on one end, there's faith, and the other scale there's doubt. And if we are doubting, then we're moving away from faith. I would say faith uh, and doubt are like dance partners. They're old friends that they work together for the maturing of what we believe. Faith is not the absence of doubt, but the choice to trust Jesus in the face of doubt. Faith is not the absence of doubt, but the choice to trust Jesus in the face of doubt. Let me just go back to Doubting Thomas, because I think he is the patron saint of doubt. He's the one that we we think of uh, so often. I just want to just look at his life for a little bit, and then I'm going to give us three helpful principles that may help you uh, work through doubt. You know, Thomas Doubted, so John 20, 25, he says, unless I see, I don't believe. For Thomas, he wanted to have an encounter. He wanted to see something. He wanted to understand something. Thomas is the doubter, uh, but we remember him and his famous words. Why? Because we see ourselves uh, so much in Thomas. Thomas, a bit like Peter, this moment is so real as Thomas says, do you know what? Unless I see, unless I hear, unless I understand, uh, I'm going to struggle with this. The funny thing is, though, friends, poor, poor doubting Thomas. There, there are more occasions in the Gospels where Thomas affirms his faith than the moments where he uh, talks about his, his doubt in faith. So uh, John 20, 28, he says, my Lord and my God. And in John 11, uh, 8 and 16, it says, let us also go that we may die with him. I love that line. Thomas saying to the other disciples, let's go with Jesus that we might die with him. That is a massive affirmation of his faith in Jesus, isn't it? But we kind of skim past that and we focus on the fact that he he is a doubter. Uh, I think one of the reasons we love Thomas so much and we call him Doubting Thomas is that it to me feels like Thomas's doubt is pithy, it's earthy, it's real. Uh, it's a doubt that often uh, taunts and haunts us ourselves, isn't it? Uh, it's a doubt that stands between you know, the world's belief and the world's disbelief. Thomas's doubt is our doubt. Is Jesus really risen from the dead? That's Thomas's question. Has he really conquered death? Has Jesus done all that his resurrection promises? Or is the claim that he is risen just a deluded, wishful thinking of a few men and women who have fabricated the resurrection to console themselves in their grief and to try and uh, give them something else to focus on now that their leader is dead. This is Thomas's doubt. Have the disciples all made it up? As Mary all made it up. And this doubt is like, unless I see something concrete, I can't believe this. I... I see myself in Thomas and and maybe you see yourself in Thomas as well. Um, We connect with Thomas because Thomas asks what we ask. Is it all real? Is this all real? Is my faith real? Is what I believe real? And friends, that that is a beautiful question to wrestle with, get your teeth into, mature through and from. Jose uh, Bergam says this, a belief 
which has no place for doubt is not belief. It is superstition. Let me say that again. Uh, Belief which leaves no place for doubt is not doubt. It is superstition. I would much rather somebody spend years doubting faith but wrestling with it than somebody who's just got this faith that is undoubted and unshaken, but actually it's just based on superstition. Uh, We want to have something that's real and something that's authentic and something that is honest. We don't want superstition. We don't want to be based upon uh, something that's just not there. And I would rather say, friends, doubt, wrestle, question, and don't be scared of doing that because God is big enough to cope with our doubts. It's okay. So why does Thomas doubt? Why does Thomas doubt in, in the Gospels? He doubts because he's been disappointed by God. Thomas is doubting at this point because the one that he's backed, Jesus, has died on the cross. He's seen him put him dead in the tomb and Thomas is disappointed. He's not who he thought Jesus was. Thomas thought Jesus was going to be something that he turned out not to be. Now, what was that in Thomas's mind? I don't know. Did Thomas think that that Jesus was going to be a leader with a sword that was going to destroy the the Roman Empire? Was it that he thought he would never die on the cross? We we don't really know. But something has fueled Thomas's doubt. And in his doubt, uh, he's disappointed in God. And that has fueled into this place where he says, unless I see something, I'm not going to believe it. And I, I connect with that. I see where that's coming from. And um, it's helpful to see where Thomas's doubt is coming from. It's coming from this place of disappointment. So I'd just love to ask you, you know, when you go through times of doubt, what is it that fuels that doubt? Uh, is it disappointment? Is it grief? Is it uncertainty? Is it busyness? You know, what is it for you that's fueling that doubt? Because one of the things that I find particularly helpful is to come to the realisation that, do you know what? This thing here, this disappointment, is fueling doubt in me. Therefore, I want to reapproach uh, this disappointment and look at it maybe from God's perspective because I don't want to keep throwing f- uh, fuel on the fire of doubt. You don't keep throwing fuel onto a bonfire that you want to put out. Uh, you counteract it, don't you? And and, um, and that's what we do sometimes with our doubt. We just keep throwing more doubt on top of doubt, and then we become we become, become more doubting and more doubting. And actually, the way to deal with doubt is to actually uh, look at the goodness of God and say, well, what, what is God about? What do I know about God? The question isn't, can we doubt? The question is, how do we doubt that's helpful, that will help us move through our doubt? And I think the, the answer to this uh, about doubt is found in how do we question. I think there's, there's, there's simple principles that could help us uh, process uh, our doubt well. So here are three little principles that I find helpful. Uh, and if you you have another way of dealing with doubt, I'd love to hear about it. Leave it in the comments uh, in the podcast because it's helpful for others to see how we each deal with doubt. But for me, here's just a couple of things. So the first thing I do when I'm struggling with doubt is this. I hold on to what I know to be true. I start there. I start with what is it that I know to be true? I know it to be true that I've encountered God in my life through a number of little miracles that have happened. So I remind myself, actually, there are these miracles that only make sense 
when there is an, a, a belief in God or that God exists. So I, I start with what I know to be true. I start by reminding myself the different ways that God in the past has affirmed himself to me. Uh, through other people or through circumstances or things that have just been revealed to me, sometimes through creation and sometimes through the Bible, the things that have been revealed to me. And what I do is I, I hold on to that. If you want to find somebody who is cynical, uh, you don't need to go very far. I, I'm right here. It doesn't take very long for me to become quite cynical. And a number of years ago, I really felt like God said to me, Chris, don't focus on what I've not done yet. Focus on what I have done. And what I've noticed is when I focus on what God has done in my life, faith grows. But when I focus on disappointment, uh, faith kind of diminishes. So I hold on to what I know to be true. This is what I've seen God do so far. And therefore, this is what I cling on to. So I encourage you to, to do that. Uh, think about uh, what has God done for you in the past and then cling on to that. Uh, the second thing is this. Doubt will grow uh, when we are on our own. When we are isolated, doubt will flourish. And we often see this as a church leader. Uh, when somebody's going through a tough time, rather than leaning into church or into a faith community, they often pull themselves away and isolate themselves as if that's going to help. But isolation is a prime place for doubt to flourish. You know, with our own thoughts, we can convince ourselves of a lot of things. So isolation actually is the opposite to what you need. Getting in with others, uh, and when doubt sets in, uh, to set in uh, stronger or more proactively into a faith community where you can wrestle through with other people, particularly people that you trust, are really important. Surrounding yourselves with people that you know are trustworthy, people who just don't talk rubbish. Friends, if you're surrounding yourself with people who talk rubbish, don't be surprised if you then become uh, disillusioned. Uh, people who talk rubbish will always leave you more confused. Get with people you trust. Get with wise people. Lean in. Don't lean out. Uh, one of the things I love about Doubting Thomas uh, from this passage in John is that uh, Thomas does his doubting surrounded by believers. You know, he says, unless I see and touch, I don't believe. But there's Thomas and he's doing it uh, with the disciples around him and with Jesus right there. And I think one of the things that we need to do when we're doubting is say, Jesus, I want you to be more present in my life right now. Don't allow the doubt to fuel uh, whatever it is that's happening inside of me. But, but would you be present to me? And the other thing is then really making yourself actively involved in, in a faith community. Now, that might be, you know, three or four friends that meet regularly together. It might be a little small group that you're a part of, or it might be just going to a church community. Whatever that looks like for you, lean in. Don't lean out when doubt settles in. Press in and get with people who you know you can trust. Uh, three, uh, question with someone who will stretch you and support you. Uh, if you are questioning your faith and you're doing it with somebody who is immature in faith, they're not going to help you. Uh, to, to wrestle through doubt and questions, we must get ourselves with somebody that is mature, that will stretch you and support you. I have a mentor that I regularly go and see, and he pushes me. He challenges me. It gets me thinking outside of the box. 
And uh, he doesn't let me leave any stone unturned. My mentor, uh, Duncan, he will force me to look at the facts starkly and he will make me look at things that I don't want to look at and he'll make me look at things that I've avoided, stones that have not been turned over in the past. He is so wise and mature that when I wrestle with him, he doesn't give me answers, he doesn't tell me what to believe, but he, he pushes me in directions that I'd not thought to go in. And he gives me information, you could call it data, you know, information that I'd not known before, that has then changed the way I see a, a situation. So there are three principles. Uh, hold on to what you know, lean into some faith community and question with somebody that's going to stretch you and support you. And it might be as simple as texting a friend saying, can I get a coffee? I'd love to chat through some things uh, with you. Friends, our prayer has to be that in our doubts, we still find truth, strength and courage to trust that God is good, that he is there, that he is real, that he is with us. He is speaking to us and directing us and holding us. It has to be our prayer that when we are struggling with our faith, that God is faithful and strong and mighty and we can trust him even when we don't trust our own thoughts let's be honest what are you struggling with what is the doubt that you maybe regularly come up with and i'd say friends don't be scared of your doubt don't be scared of questioning but name it bring it out into the open uh, be willing to talk about it say friends does anybody else struggle with this because i'm not i'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. I, I've, I've yet to come to some conclusions. One of the things that I do uh, regularly, I, I have retreat days, and sometimes when I go on retreat day, I realise that there are just things at the back of my mind that I've been really struggling with for a little while, but I've not allowed it out into the open yet because I've not slowed down enough to do that. And when I actually slow down, I start to realise that there are big questions uh, floating around in my mind that I haven't got an answer to. So one of the things I love to do uh, just to start those days would be uh, to hold my hands out in front of me. And I, I imagine that I'm placing in my hands the things that I'm doubting, uh, the questions that I have, the things that I'm struggling with. I imagine putting them in my hands and then I just imagine offering them, them to God. God is big enough to, to deal with our questions. So I imagine putting them in my hands and I imagine uh, giving them to God and saying, God, I'm really struggling right now with these things and I don't want to avoid them. I don't want to pretend they're not there and I want to be honest with you that this is what's going on. So, Lord, these are the things, these are the questions I've got. I want to hand them to you so that you might hand back answers to me, that you might show me things that I'd maybe not seen before. Uh, Hebrews 11.1, one, I just love this. It says, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain for what we do not see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. In other words, faith is holding on in the face of doubt. It's grabbing hold of and saying, God, I ain't going to let go of you even when I've got questions. It's too easy to reject God 
when you've got a bunch of questions. Uh, I want to encourage us that the healthy way to deal with doubt is to stick our claws, our fingers deeper into Jesus, cling on to Jesus as we go through those doubts and allow Jesus to be the one that carries us in those doubts. So what does Thomas teach us about doubt? I think it's this, friends. Doubters are more than welcome in God's family. Doubters are more than welcome in God's family. And if nothing else today, friends, I want to just encourage you that whatever you are going through, whatever questions you've got, whatever struggles you're going through, doubters are more than welcome in God's family. The disciples were a group of young men who had doubts and Jesus was happy to work and walk and encourage and get them involved. And he does the same today with us. He meets us in our doubts. Friends, I hope that has been helpful to you. Let's not be scared about our big questions. Let's enjoy them. Let's wrestle through them. And let's mature as disciples and followers of Jesus as we mature and wrestle through big topics together. So friends, there you go. What do I do with my doubt? How do we deal uh, with my doubt? I hope you found that helpful. Please leave some comments about how you deal with doubt. What is it that you've been wrestling with and struggling with over a period of time? We'd love you to do that. Do let others know about the podcast. Do share it. Do like it. Do give it a thumbs up. And until next time, friends, grace and peace.